from Kentucky, greetings and welcome to another release of The Barrel Report, the podcast that gets you behind the barrel of your favorite Kentucky bourbons. I'm your host, Adam Johnson. I'm the director of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and working with the KDA. Uh, We've been trying to put out some of these podcasts uh, about every week, and this is our seventh release. And this time we were in downtown Louisville meeting with the folks behind Moonshine University at the Distilled Spirits Epicenter. As you will see in this interview, Kevin Hall and Colin Blake, they really need their own buddy cop show or something. Uh, I wish I could publish some of the outtakes, but uh, I think that would be wise uh, to keep those maybe to ourselves. And I hope through some of my editing, you guys can still see why they really are the industry leaders in distiller training. You're not only going to learn about some of the distilleries that have gone through their training, but you're going to learn about some of the more hospitality and frontline training they do with the Stave and Thieves Society of Bourbon Stewards. And as a bonus, you get to learn some alternative names for this podcast that they were uh, happy to provide. And we'll also discuss hats, Neil Diamond, and Koi Ponds. So uh, before we dive into those pressing topics, uh, I want to give you guys a, a few quick updates. Let's start with our podcast, The Barrel Report. We now have had over a thousand listens, according to our SoundCloud stats, uh, with listeners from all over the world. And we've had two reviews on iTunes, too. That's big. And we've had listeners demand a dedicated Facebook page. We've been getting some email uh, feedback. So we've complied with that. We've got our own Facebook page. You can look us up, The Barrel Report. Uh, and we really just can't say thank you enough for all the support. It's been great. It really means a lot to us uh, that you guys have, have helped us spread the word so much. Now, it is uh, post-Thanksgiving, as I said, so we're a bit slow on the news side of things. Now, we trust everyone cooked up a feast using bourbon in every dish. That was the homework from last time. And we hope you were able to whip up some good holiday cocktails as well. Uh, I did try to post one uh, really quick featuring some cider, bourbon, some Fernet Branca on our Facebook page if you guys do need some guidance or inspiration, so check that out. We also hope you were able to catch up on your reading a bit uh, during the ta- downtime and the holidays. And with Christmas coming up and uh, the holidays, you know it's good to sit down with a good book, and we recommend a couple. Uh, right now, we're about halfway through uh, A Proper Drink by Robert Simonson, I believe. Uh, which has been very good, talking about kind of the resurgence of the cocktail, uh, the, the modern cocktail scene as we know it. Uh, and simultaneously, we're also reading uh, Everyday Drinking by Kingsley Amos, uh, which I think is kind of a compilation of his three books he's put out. Uh, and highly recommend both of those. Once we finish those, we've heard good things, at least from my coworkers in the office on Fred Minnick's book, his new one that's out. I just picked that up at uh, an event he was at with uh, Jim Rutledge. So I'm looking forward to tackling that once I knock out these other two. But we recommend those three from personal and uh, from other people's experiences. Uh, before we get into the show, a quick shout out to our sponsor this week, which is Westport Whiskey and Wine. Those guys have been great to work with uh, for us. Uh, our visitors love going in there. And with the holiday season coming up, everybody's looking for good gifts. And their barrel picks that they have there are phenomenal. Can't recommend those enough. Those make really special gifts for people, for the bourbon lovers, uh, whiskey lovers in your life. So check out Westport Whiskey and Wine in Louisville. And we hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and we wind into December. Uh, we hope things keep rolling along uh, on the bourbon front. We'll try to bring you more news and more podcasts uh, as the as time allows. But 
again, happy Thanksgiving, and now let's get on to the show with the DSE. And welcome back to another edition of a newly named podcast, which we may call Adam on the Rocks. I think we've determined that that could be a potential name. I think it's a strong contender. It's yeah, better I than the like Barrel it. Report. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's tentatively tentatively scheduled to be the Barrel Report for reasons, as we discussed, <laughs> that the public could care less about. But I'm here at the Distilled Spirits Epicenter. I am with Kevin All and Colin Blake. Okay, so now you know the the voices behind this fine institution. Uh, you better you know him probably as host of Moonshine University. You know him with Flavor Man. You guys wear many hats. We do. Yeah. Um, and for uh, for a company that makes no hats, that's a that's a daunting <laughs> experience. No, we actually have a uh, so we have a little beverage campus. Um, campus? Just, yeah, it's multiple nice. buildings, right? Like that. And a koi pond. And a, and a newly installed koi pond. We're, we're passing up the joint. We'll get some audio of that later. It's two waterfalls, man. It's tranquil. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, here on the beverage campus, we have uh, several different companies. The main two being Flavor Man, which is a beverage development company. Um, anybody that has an idea for any consumable liquid for man or beast, uh, Flavor Man can make it. Um, unfortunately, we sign non-disclosure agreements with everyone so it's really hard to talk about our clients but including me uh, especially me is it is this recording (laughs) we just don't want to talk about you (laughs) it's no we're not legally bound so um and then we also have moonshine university which is uh the country's first custom-built educational distillery facility anything to add kevin uh, yeah, so we're the, uh, as you well know, exclusive education provider member of the Kentucky Distillers Association. So they um, amended their bylaws to give us that status and then lend their resources to help teach our classes here at Moon U. So uh, while Moon U is a little tongue-in-cheek, uh, people can remember it, but we do take it really very serious. And uh, we think it's a world-class e- education and for people getting into this craft side of the business, uh, a real opportunity. So off the top of your head, how many uh, alumni do you think have gone through your five-day course now that you guys have been doing it for a couple of years? So we, what's 13 times 30? So I'd say a little over 500 people probably total. Yeah. Um, and we've seen about 80 different distilleries open up from previous attendees. Yeah. Yeah. And they're from 48 states and 13 countries or 18 how? countries? 18 countries. 43 states and 18 countries. That's it. Yeah. 43 states and 18 countries. And so you just went on a Western swing to check in on some of your alums. Is that right? Yeah. Like a Western swing sounds a little... I mean, that sounds pretty official, right? Does it? (laughs) Or dance hall-esque. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds a little more like... uh, like, Bow to your partner kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Swinging Doors Saloon. You went down the swing across the West there. Point taken. Yeah. I heard you took your video equipment and just rode a, a little tornado across speaking the west. Of, uh, speaking of, I got a little project for you now that I've seen your chops. I need, okay. you, I need you to take over for me. Uh, this? Yeah. No. Come I'm, on. Oh, the old come on. How, oh, what is this? Like a back to, the end of Back to the Future 2? Like the person's just going to bow down at. What are you, chicken? Just think about it. You don't have to give me an answer now. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I will think about it. And it will still be the same answer. But tell me about your Western trip. Sure. That was not swinging. So this is the the <laughs> third uh, 
the third time we've kind of hit the road, um, and we have a media production guy um, here at Moon U and Flavor Man, and we traveled across the West over two weeks and shot at six different distilleries uh, of previous attendees that have been to the five-day course and visited them at their now open uh, distilleries, and we went to Alchemy in Arcata, California, Glass Distillery in Seattle, Washington. We went to uh, Dry Hills in Bozeman, Montana, uh, Backwards Distillery in Casper, Wyoming, uh, Mad Rabbit Distillery in Denver, and Tenth Mountain in Vail. And what, what was the name of the Montana one? The Montana one is Dry Hills Distillery. Okay. And they have a impressive distillery, and that was one of the funner shirts. Sh- that was one of the funner shoots we actually did because they own a giant farm. So they actually have a farm and they wanted something to do with all these excess potatoes that they get from farming. So they're making a potato vodka. But they actually took us up to the farm and we got to shoot on the farm while they were harvesting wheat because um, they grow all sorts of things. But it was actually fun to <clears throat> see someone who's truly, you know, grain to bottle. like. They grow it, they harvest it, they distill it. So with all these classes that you guys have had come through, have you seen any trend in the the classes that first started to now in terms of what people are looking to do or, or why they're getting in, in the industry? Have you guys seen any kind of change? I, I would say that the people that took it, um, the first couple of classes were a little bit more... Uh, I would call them the dreamers. They had this idea, this real romantic, we want to be distillers. Um, as our reputation has grown and we've become a bit more of a known quantity, I would say that we get a little bit more serious people that are maybe have done a little bit more due diligence before they come to us. Um, but I would say the motivation hasn't changed greatly. It kind of falls into two groups. There's usually, uh, I would say, younger. The younger people are generally very passionate about doing something crafting something of their own, making something with their own hands, that kind of thing. Uh, and then we have a, a little bit old, jumps up to a little bit older crowd. That's people that have been successful in another area of business. Uh, and this is going to be kind of like a second act and a new thing for them to do. Um, and oddly they would pair so well uh, with each other, but it so rarely happens here. It's happened a couple times, but you know, the, the, the young people generally have all the, well, the strong back to carry all the the grain and uh, goods and the gumption. They want to get in there and get their hands dirty. And the people doing the, the second careers are a little, a little more sophisticated some, at times, yeah. uh, a little more worldly and, you know. Not looking to be trudging grain around a distillery all day. Yeah. Well, I, I sat with two of your alums recently, uh, Joe from Copper and Kings, mm-hmm. who is... What two miles away? If that, if yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, what is Peerless? A mile, a mile, from there, mile. Maybe? yeah. With Carson and Corky, so it's yeah. got to be pretty rewarding for you guys to see, you know, folks go through your class and then see. I mean, those impressive operations. You know, that is something very impressive and something that I love seeing. But the one thing that I didn't expect to happen from these classes because you expect people to open distilleries and see them and kind of be like "Ah, you know I had uh, helped out I had my part in this in some way Uh, but the one thing that I love is these 
previous attendees um, that have gone on to be successful actually come back and become teachers here. And that's one thing I didn't hmm. um, foresee happening. And just hearing the being a part of the, the origin story and <clears throat> having someone actually come back and teach the, the next generation uh, or the next wave is not... I wouldn't go as far as generation. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something that I love. No, it, it just uh, speaks to the community that this industry really has. I think from the you know from the big guys, from the heritage distillers down to these craft guys, people appreciate the help that they were given and really look to, to give back. And it really is very rewarding, and we love being a part of that. Let's take a quick break for our ever popular feature name that distillery this time it's a short one you're going to hear me there in the scene in the moment but i still think you guys should be able to get this one if you really concentrate i'm talking dig deep on this one but here we go just want to get some audio of that that sounds cool thank you Piece of cake, right, people? No problem on this one. You probably already know the answer, but in case you don't, we will give it to you at the end of the show. Now, back to Kevin and Colin. Well, I think I saw in the news recently that for the first time we've cracked 2,000 distilleries in the United States. So to me, if you guys aren't busy... And if the Shermans aren't busy down at Vendome, you know, we might see that wave starting to crest. I mean, have you guys sensed anything? Are you guys still packing your classes, still tons of people interested? Have you guys noticed anything? We, we've definitely seen a pretty steady intake. Our, our five-day professional course has always been sold out or, you know, one or two seats away from sold out every single time. And we've had 13 now. Um so we, we see that constant rush, and we're adding more and more classes um, as people ask for more specific, deeper dives into different topics, be it malt, whiskey. Uh, Which you just had, what, last week? We had yesterday. Oh, yes, yesterday. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Monday, Tuesday was spectacular. The two top guy, two masters of whiskey from Diageo came in and tried to condense a five-day course down into two days, but it was one of the fastest funnest classes ever and those two-day workshops are great because they're very small uh we kept them at 15 people um and you'll have what rum we have a a, actually a five-day rum class uh and then we have a botanical workshop that covers gin uh absinthe and amaros uh we have advanced sensory training with a, a master noser nancy fraley um we have a in depth operations course yeah Fermentation course. Um, brandy we have coming brandy up. Brandy workshop coming up with Hubert. Okay. So so yeah, we, we try to we try to find out what people are interested in and then identify the right people to come in and teach them. Uh, and it's 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 going well. We're super busy. Uh, and to your point of you know something fall you know we, the wave cresting, we just haven't seen any evidence of it yet. I mean everybody's still scrambling to try and find equipment. You know there's no there's not a used equipment market out there right now from what we see. Um, well, it's so. also finding staff too, right? I mean, I feel like you guys are helping with Stave and Thief down to these classes that you just spoke about. 
uh, I know all the guys that I talk to are constantly looking for good people. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. We uh, so Tenth Mountain, which I just visited, they uh, had kind of a typical um, situation where they didn't have someone in mind, and they literally came to Bourbon Festival with T-shirts that said "We're hiring a master distiller," and handed out business cards because they needed someone. Jeez. So finding someone with experience is extremely hard right now. Let me let me ask you guys this. When you guys are busy all the time, as you said, you're looking for a little bit of relaxation. How do you guys like to uh, enjoy your spirits? Because I feel like you guys are pretty well-rounded, but are you a cocktail guy, or do you guys just like to sip on something neat? You know, I will say that when I started this job, I was very much a cocktail guy, um, and just being in the distillery trying so many spirits i definitely enjoy spirits um unto themselves uh a lot more than i used to and that's probably the majority and that i mean that's whiskey gin any spirit i like just in a glass maybe with some ice but yeah with uh with meals and stuff i definitely still prefer a cocktail a good cocktail yeah i it kind of depends on the time of year if it's hot out if it's cold out where i am um i was more of a straight spirits guy previously i'd say and i kind of came to cocktails more since i've been here um just exposure to it that i wasn't really around it so much before so um but you know i like it either way um just depends on the setting what what kind of future plans do you guys have for any other new classes coming out any anything new coming down the pike for you guys well, we're staying really busy with our current catalog of classes, and we do a one-day bourbon-making workshop uh, about every other month, and we're surprised that those are selling out faster and faster, and we're, our, our last bourbon-making workshop, we had people from four different countries and seven different states. You told them they can't make bourbon in another country, right? They don't. Yeah. They are aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and those little workshops are really great. They really, we find them, people are using them as feeders or to get their toe toe wet, and then those are feeding into the more professional classes. So those are kind of informing, you know, what people want. So that's busy. Um, To your point of people needing people, we're looking at trying to figure out how do we become more of a job placement source resource? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a one-stop shop here. You can come here and kind of get everything you need to get up and going into the business or get trained to get into the business. So talk a little bit about the hospitality training you guys have with Stave and Thief. Sure. So Stave and Thief it has been a little bit of a slow grow for us, but Stave and Thief Society is a bourbon certification program. Uh, originally, the main focus was frontline uh, staff um, here locally or in the region uh bartenders servers spirit shop uh owners and um (coughs) things of the like but we found that uh there's a lot of just individuals who actually want to come out and become a sort of actually an executive bourbon steward um but that program has been fantastic uh the passion for bourbon is bigger than it's ever been and this is one of the the few classes where 
Um, it's industry backed. We had people like master dis- master distillers like Chris Morris uh, be on part of our uh, advisory panel. Um, people from the the service industry, um, hotels, uh, spirit shops like uh, Chris Zaborowski at Westport Whiskey and Wine, um, and really the the whole industry as a whole came and told us what they think needs to be covered. And is the still the goal is still to try to get up to something like a Cicerone for beer and a sommelier for wine, right? Correct. Right now, we just have the that first and second uh, level in there, and we're going to be adding a couple more levels on top of that as we also start to introduce more spirits categories. Okay. So beyond just bourbon. Correct. We're going to start um, offering these one one day in-depth uh, training classes on various spirits. And once you collect a, a certain group, like all your whiskeys, then you can start working your way up to the next level in whiskey. So you guys have been with uh, Flavor Man, the DSC, for a while. How did you guys get started in this industry? <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I worked with Dave, our owner, at Brown Foreman 25 years ago in the R&D department. I worked for their... Uh, master distiller at the time, Lincoln Henderson, who then went on to found Angels, Angels Envy. I did a lot of maturation studies with Lincoln and then uh, started helping Dave with some product development work. Uh, he left to found Flavor Man. I left to do other completely unrelated stuff to the industry. Uh, and then we reconnected just as he was starting to think about opening this educational distillery thing and came on board to kind of help get it off the ground. So um, I had some history with it, but uh, it was it was a while back, uh, but it's it's been a great ride. Uh, and I purely lucked into it. I, I came from a film background. I moved here from L.A. or moved back here from L.A. Let's uh, to be more accurate. And then while I was interviewing and looking for jobs around Louisville, I started on a small part time project at Flavor Man, writing some code that they needed. Uh, done and my desk was right next to Dave's and he and I got along great and after my coding job was done then he asked if I could do some of these other projects which were design based and I started doing those and then when Kevin started getting trained in the distillery um, I just started showing up to it. Uh, <laughs> isn't that isn't that the greatest part of success in life is showing up or something like that? The, What's that phrase? Uh, the hardest part is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> Isn't that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that was what Juan Valdez said once. Yeah, is it ninety percent of life showing up? Yeah, so maybe yeah, it's ninety percent of yeah, there we go. success is showing up. Yeah, thank you. Um, Eloquent, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what people say about me. Yeah. That Kevin, he sure is eloquent. Yeah, that's 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 the trucker hat he wears at night. <laughs> eloquent. Um, and then yeah, uh, and no one told me to uh, go away when I, all the training was happening in the distillery. So I kind of learned the distilling part, and then kind of just inserted myself into the classes over here, and have just kind of yeah. become a bigger part of putting classes together yeah. as time has moved. It's on. a small company, and if you're willing to put a hat on, you generally people that don't tell you to take it off. Yeah, the, the hand company it, here. The, the more hats you're willing to put on, yeah. you don't get to take any of them off. Yeah. So, but keeps it interesting you, and fun. Would you say film is calling you back to, to work on certain projects? No, I don't think so. 
That's, that's why we hired a media guy. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds like a great hire. <laughs> well, yeah. This is this is more like that. Adam's tour to find his own replacement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need I need people that know. We what need to doing. refill. Do not take <laughs> Adam Johnson's phone call. I need competent people that can do do my job for Remember me. Remember when Adam's catchphrase used to be, "I got a great idea for you." I got it. This is yeah. I'm now an it's idea like, man. "Hey, I'm an idea man." Hey, you like video, right? <laughs> yeah. It's your calling, right? You want to get get back into it, so. Well, I mean, this was all lead into you guys have been in the industry for a while. What's the biggest surprise to you guys about? I mean, I know you guys are a little bit broader than bourbon, but I mean, you can speak either locally or bourbon industry or spirits industry. What's been the biggest surprise to y'all? Well, honestly, because this is my third industry, um, and the the first two were fairly similar to each other, and <clears throat> you know, it was a very cutthroat world and the one thing that just shocked me about this industry is like how open and welcoming friendly um and sharing this industry is i've never worked in an industry where you have a question or something's going wrong and you can call the distillery down the street and they'll help you figure out the answer um you know i that the heaven hill fires that the classic example when that fire happened other distilleries stepped up to the plate to make product for them so that they didn't go out of business uh and that was the biggest surprise to me is this industry is so inclusive and just wants everyone to do well yeah i would i would echo that i i I think that's the thing that kind of jumps out at me too and then um and then just the creativity of, of people getting into this i mean you know um the big, the big heritage distillers make fantastic products. Um, they're really great, and these little guys, it's you know, it's tough to jump in and compete there. So they're finding really interesting ways to to make new products that are you know evolutions of what's been gone before. And I, I'm, it's uh, I'm continually amazed and sometimes, uh, quite frankly, disgusted with some of the ideas they come up with. But <laughs> but you know, really, there's some pretty some pretty creative people out there doing some really interesting things that I think drive the people at TTB nuts because they don't know quite what to make of it but I think it's I think it's great and good for everybody including the big guys yeah so do you guys get stuff sent to you from all your your your, your babies out in the world that have created these things are they some yeah people yeah. send this send this product a lot between us and you know <laughs> we get the hey guys you know we went through the class here's our product tell us what you think uh, to people that are just doing development work at flavor man and they, they say we want to do this type of thing. So we, we kind of get it on both sides of the business. But yeah, and, and sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not, yeah. in honesty. But, uh, and but we're great. actually starting to see more and more of it um, because they're, as much as people think that they're going to come to a class and then two months later they're uh, going to op- open their distillery, the reality is, is it takes two to three years. So we're seeing a lot more distilleries open from previous attendees and we're getting more and Jeff, more product. Was was Jeff the Creed one of your folks that came first through? class. Yeah. That first class had some powerhouses, right. Yeah. right? I didn't realize they were in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Joyce and uh, Bruce. Yeah, Joyce took the class. Bruce kinda hung out at the rece- came to the receptions and stuff, which we yeah. were, you know, obviously happy to have him. But Joyce took it and then Autumn took it. Oh that's right. She took it last year. Last year I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well I just thought about them when uh, they had their first barrel filling and I just think about that, how much goes in to getting to that point. 
and the look on their face when they oh, fill that gosh. first barrel. I mean, it's a it's, it's a it's a real accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, the time and the effort and the capital that it takes to do something like that is it's like equal parts joy and relief and just and there's got to be blind fear in there too. Yeah, though, I because, just I mean that's that's the beginning of that next leg. Exactly. Um, yeah, you've got that first huge part under your belt, and now comes yeah, wait. Yep. <laughs> Wait. You just put your millions in, and now yeah. be patient. Exactly. Be patient. That's got to be one of the hardest. See, that's things. a pause that counts right there. That was a good pause. I don't even have to edit that out. No, you uh, shouldn't. That was a dramatic pause. I took I took one semester of drama in high school. It shows just to learn pausing like that. It shows. Well, I just you know when I I got done with uh, Corky and Carson. And we went down in the lab, and they pulled, you know, their almost two-year rye. And you taste that it's stuff. Phenomenal. You taste that stuff, and I just said, Carson, you must sleep well at night. Like, he said, not to be cocky, but it is a relief. He was like, we think it's pretty good. I'm like, that stuff is damn good. six months, it was ready Delicious. to go. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah, really it's good. Really, really good, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, and I, as I said to them, and I've said in, in these other podcasts, you know, just the patience that it takes is... Is kind of uh, a tough gig for me. I don't. I, I'll be pulling a barrel every day. I'd be driving those guys crazy. Just let me taste it. Let me taste it. Let me see if I can rest easy tonight. Um, but that's also good. the the other uh, super fun part of having local um, distilleries that we're friends with and that came through the classes. That we we do get the kind of we get to go down and hang out and taste barrel pulls and. French benefit. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Well, we're coming up on 30 minutes. Anything else? Well, after I edit this down from you, Jokers, down to like seven minutes. What, yeah. Anything else you guys need to, you know, confess? Talk confess? about? I mean, you can use this as your soapbox to the nine listeners. <laughs> I mean, just go um, to town. Well, I, I would... Uh... I would say right now is one of the the funnest times to actually go try things and learn about things. Um, you know, not to, to to pitch our own classes, but we have everything from people who just want to come in and get their hands dirty and have like a one day hands-on experience to people looking to open their own distillery. But right now it it's a great industry and so much cool stuff is happening. Now's the time to to the golden go. age. Yeah. Oh, the golden age of bourbon. That's that's what Eric would say. Well, now I will say your classes, just like the bourbon steward um, can't, with Steve and Thief, you know, I, I, people may think this is just a textbook and you guys lecturing, but, I mean, there's so much hands-on stuff. The, the sensory exercises you go through, you know, tasting the heads and the tails. I mean, all that stuff is great. So I highly encourage people to check out yeah, Steve and Thief. Steve and Thief is... Not a hard sell once you learn that you get this giant 36 cent tasting kit or sorry, sensory kit that you get to take home to train yourself to get better at. You get once in a lifetime tasting opportunities. We have um, individual barrel pulls from barrels of the same age, from barrels from over time. Uh, You get to go to the Flavor Man lab and actually learn how to do sensory training. Um, It's a it's a crazy yeah, day. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Where can folks find more information on that? At staveandthief.com. That's well done. Check out the link below. 
<laughs> I think you're on the, there's a way for me to link, but I don't know how to do that. Is this a pillowcase? <laughs> it is. It really is. That's that's a that's a hefty fabric for a pillowcase. This goes in my backpack afterwards, so it helps uh-huh. cushion my expensive equipment. So what other than the, the microphone and the uh, tripod, what 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 else falls under? My iPhone. Your iPhone? Yeah. And then the computer, I guess. And when I, yeah, the tripod, uh, computer, there's a lot invested in this. So mm-hmm. have, have I, I think you, the quality shows. Yeah, what, what were some of the highlights? I've enjoyed where tours are going by, you mm-hmm. know, interviewing Denny in the, in the Rick House. I interviewed Drew down at Willard in the Rick House where all the Red Hook Rye. He's like, yeah, Red Hook Rye was sitting right here. You know, so being in those environments is pretty cool. So you probably love being in this back conference room next to uh, Phil washing dishes. <laughs> some some of the ambiance may be lacking, yeah. but well, we should have done this by the koi pond. I didn't I didn't yeah. know environment was such a big part of well, the podcast. You know, it's it's terroir. Do you, <laughs> do you have any concerns about being sued by Neil Diamond for doing Adam on the Rocks? <laughs> do you guys have a lawyer here that can run run the traps on that? Not, not here. Okay. But you guys, it's the campus. You said campus, so I, I thought there was maybe a Marty lawyer. Marty used to call me the lawyer. I've read a lot of contracts. Mm-hmm. Eric's the lawyer in our office, so. I can see And that. I read a lot of, you know, Code of Federal Regulations, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah, so. So, yeah. yeah I'll do it. I'll be the lawyer. So, yeah. Don't right. worry about it. Neil's got nothing on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in good hands, so. Yeah. Well, well on, that, on that note, if you guys will feel free to any other names for this. Tweet them to me or email them. Tweet them to you. You know, any way you want. But thank you guys for the time today. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. for coming by, Adam. And that's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the crew at the DSC, Colin and Kevin. As always, a pleasure. And as you can imagine with those guys, uh, we had to leave a little bit on the cutting room floor. But one thing that might stick is uh, Adam on the Rocks. That uh, That's a pretty good name despite kind of settling in on the Barrel Report. So uh, again, thanks to those guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You can find us on kybourbontrail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And be sure to like our new Facebook page that we created keep the feedback coming you can email us enjoy at kybourbon.com and lastly i think it's uh, good to give you guys the answer and not keep you waiting any longer for name that distillery of course maker's mark that is the label cutting machine that you see in operation on the tour they still hand cut all those labels uh, so that one i think you guys will be able to get uh but we'll keep those coming in future episodes and uh as always thanks to buck the taxidermist for our tunes we've got a new one for our outro this week and thanks to camel johnson for the intro and we will see you in the next episode thanks everyone <laughs>